Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams, and welcome to another edition of An Evening With right here on the show. And joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us Mr. Jason Flowers. Jason, how you doing today, buddy? Good, guys. How you doing? Man, uh, honestly doing fantastic. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little cold here where I'm at, but <laughs> nothing I can't get over. <laughs> Yeah, it's you need starting, a space heater. It's starting to get cold where we are, and it's supposed to get down in like the twenties. And I'm just like, whoa. Yep. Yeah, yep. I looked all at, next week is supposed to be in the twenties. Yeah, I looked at the weather forecast this morning, and uh, here in we're we're in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, they're calling for snow on Christmas Day. So, oh, that's that's a nice gift. That, that is. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a nice <laughs> gift, like, but come on. <laughs> It, it ain't snowed on Christmas here since 2010, I think is the last time it snowed on Christmas. And then before that, it was like 1969 or something. So, oh, wow. you know, it may have been just an anomaly. Who knows? Um, but uh, I guess the first question that we ask all of our guests when we come on the show is, who is Jason Flowers? If For anyone who doesn't know who you are, who is Jason Flowers? Uh, such a complex question. Who am I? No, um, it's, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where, like, I, I always feel so weird talking about myself. But, you know, in this line of work, I have to talk about myself. So um, I always feel like I'm gloating or something. But I'm, I'm a comic book artist um, by trade. I, I get to do this full time. So I'm very grateful and lucky for that. Um, I have worked um, on cover art for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin. Uh, I got a new one coming out for The Last Ronin Lost Years that I'm really excited for. Um, I've done cover work for other other companies like Aftershock, Scout Comics. I've done graphic novel work uh, that's been published for Caliber Comics and Arcana Comics. Um, I've done sketch cards for Tops and Upper Deck. For like Mars Attacks, Star Wars, Alien, Marvel Premiere, Clerks, um, and then on top of that, I, I make my own comics. So I, in between doing uh, these freelance cover gigs or anything like that, I make my own comics. On top of that, which is my creator own book uh, called Bounty Bullfrog. Okay, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I'll follow up that with that. It, what got you into uh, doing comic book art? Um, I've, I've always enjoyed like, you know, the cartoons and um, grow, growing up, you know, it was like He-Man and Masters of the Universe, uh, He-Man Masters of the Universe. And then like Ninja Turtles came along and I remember being in like first or second, I think it was like first grade. And my parents had bought me the, uh, it was like the first collected edition of the Turtles in color. So it was oh, like a graphic wow. novel uh, collecting like, yeah, it's like the first four issues in color. And uh, I always loved that. And I would draw the characters from it. And then one day this kid, uh, I was in daycare a lot until like I was 12. Um, until they wouldn't let me be in daycare anymore. But Because uh, <laughs> yeah, my parents worked all day and then um so I was I was like one of those like last to be picked up kind of kids but um we would uh they would have me in daycare and 
uh, this one kid came in one day and he had a, a stack of comic books and I'll never forget it was like the Wolverine Mark Silvestri run so around like issues like 45 46 and up um so up to like issue 50 and it, it just blew my mind and like that was it like I knew that I wanted I loved comics like I was into it um I I, I wanted to read comics and, and draw comics and from that moment on, I was like at daycare making my own little comics and creating characters. And um, yeah, Jim Lee's X-Men came out around, you know, 1990. And then that just kind of really excelled it to like this whole different level of like, I, that's all I want to do is I want to make comics. So I, I knew, I knew at like eight that I wanted to make comics for a living. So that's, that's awesome. Do you have any of those like original, like sketches that you did? You do. Yeah. I still have a couple of the comics I made. Um, they're real, you know, real beaten up looking, but um, you know, I had one that's like on vanilla, vanilla paper folded in half and stapled. Cause like for, at like at our school, it was always like Manila paper. It was never like white paper. It was, it was so weird. So I got a couple of those stapled together. So I've got about like three or four different books. But um, when I got into like high school, still making comics, uh, I still have all those. So yeah. So when did you? Because like you said, when you were really young, when you made the conscious decision, okay, I want to draw and I want to do comic books and stuff. When was the first time that your work was recognized where you were like, hey, this could be a, an opportunity for me to actually make some good money at this? Like, when was that first opportunity? In comics? Yes. Uh, um, it was never it was never like growing up. It was never like the money aspect, of course, like. I grew, I grew up in the age of, you know, the image, seeing the image boom, like, so 10 year old Jason's watching these long lines of, of people. And of course, like that to me was more of the success of like becoming a, a comic artist than it was like, I never really thought about the money aspect until like, you know, of course you get out of high school and you have to think about money. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, Oh, wait a minute. I need, I need to survive off this. But, um, that stuff probably didn't come until probably recently, more recent, because, okay. um, yeah, probably like within the last five years that I really started realizing that, oh, I should probably try to, I can make money off of, of these comics because of, you know, crowdsourcing became more open and more people were understanding it, especially when COVID hit. So that's, that's where it kind of, started to kind of um come to light that uh maybe i could sustain myself off this but yeah growing up it was always just i want to make comics of course i want to be famous for my comics but i never thought of the, the money aspect of it until i had to right right yeah so it, it's ironic you say that when i was growing up i wanted to be a professional wrestler and there was never right. this there was never this mindset of, oh, I want to be rich, yeah. being a professional wrestler. I just wanted to do it. Uh, and, and luckily enough, I've, I've been able to do that for, you know, around 20 years. Uh, yeah. Right before COVID hit, 
I decided to step away from wrestling to focus more on the podcast and my children. Um, so, yeah. but my, you know, my dumb ass stayed in two more years. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I kind of always get that question as well. Like, you know, what about the money? For me, it was never about the money. It was about the passion of being this thing. Yeah. So yeah. I completely understand, you know, where you're coming from there. Um, right. What was was one of the first, like, major projects? Like, you know, you you said you started, like, drawing your own stuff at a really young age. But what was one of those first, like, major mainstream projects that you could attach your name to and tell people, hey, this this right here, you know, this I worked on? Yeah. Um, for, for me, it was um, for the longest time, it was like just trying to get published. And I, I was successful with that um, back in um, like 2010. I, I got I got published from Arcana Comics doing a graphic novel. And uh, it was supposed to be five issues that were going to come out by themselves. And then when the economy kind of buckled in 2008, a lot of independent um, publishers kind of went the graphic novel route. So that was probably like my first official published work. But um, it wasn't like I started doing like sketch cards for tops. So I got to do, like, the, like I said, the Mars Attacks was my first stuff for them. And then they asked me to do some Star Wars stuff. And uh, so that was like my first initial, like, hey, here's a property that I, I love, like Mars Attacks and Star Wars. And now I'm, I've gotten to work on that. But for me, the biggest achievement so far has been the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. And that came along with... Uh, Epicos Comics, so shout out to Epicos Comics. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Henry and Tim, good, good, great guys. Uh, Adam, Adam, who used to work there, he, him and Henry are the ones that suggested me for doing a cover, and that kind of is what launched the ripple effect of now me getting to do all these other covers. So if it wasn't for them giving me that first Turtle cover, then uh, who knows how long it would have taken yeah. Still. So, go ahead, Talon. I was just going to ask, um, how long does it take you to, you have the idea of what you want your your print to look like? Um, how long does it normally take you to create a certain print? I guess I, I mean, obviously, it depends on the character that you're drawing. Uh, but what is the normal average time that it takes you to to normally draw a print up? um it, it just it depends it depends on the um the 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 time frame i have you know uh doing some of these like for instance these covers uh sometimes you you'll have like a month sometimes you'll have like a week um like and then it depends on like what's on the piece so if it's like if i'm just drawing a single character it's gonna be a lot easier for me to to get through that and draw a lot faster than if I've got like a, a, a you know like eight people on a cover or and or like a detailed background to you know what I mean so there's um there's a lot of variation but anywhere between like I say four to eight hours is usually like the the time frame it usually takes to do a piece um 
and it could could be longer like i did a a variant for issue five of last roman and i made it to where it was like a, a double page spread so it was actually uh 22 inches wide by 17 inches tall so it's it was pretty big and there's a lot of characters on that page it was a homage to the original issue seven of, of ninja turtles so there's a lot of characters i had to draw um so that obviously took longer than per se, a single page with one character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I, I've, I've read the, the last Ronin run and I remember that print and I just like, I can vividly remember it in my mind and thinking, damn, this is really awesome. Like who, who drew this? And then, you know, I meet you and, you know, we're talking about it and you tell me that you're the guy who, who did all this. And I'm like, man, like it just blew my mind that one person. And I, I, I guess I've always just thought like there's this team of people and, you know, this person draws this person or this person draws that character. But then to find out that you did the whole thing is like, it just blew my mind and just made me like respect artists in in comic books even more you know because like you, you look at like like van gogh or whatnot like they have one piece that really sets them apart and like with with van gogh it's like the mona lisa like everybody recognizes the mona lisa and they're like oh that was van gogh uh i think that was leonardo uh leonardo no, no, the, yeah that was leonardo da vinci da vinci did the uh mona lisa yeah, but uh, um, Starry Night, Starry Night was Van Gogh. Starry Night was Van Gogh. My bad, my, my no, brain. Sorry. No, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. It's early. It's early, man. My my, <laughs> my brain has dyslexia at some points. Uh, but you know, whereas you, you know, you you get multiple shots. You know, you you get you know four or five different covers for one book or or whatnot and that's to me that's just amazing thank you oh um, yeah I, I have a i have a colorist who helps me now like for a long time i was just very ocd about letting anyone kind of help with certain things only because of past instances where like either it wasn't what i wanted or they kind of flaked out halfway so now i found a colorist his name uh jeremy mendez and he's from brazil and he's awesome like so oh that's that's awesome I a comic series and uh when i started getting the turtle covers i told him i was like look let's let's get you some recognition working on some company work too so has there been anybody who you've met in the uh i don't know if you meet whether you meet him at cons or you meet him like personally working with him and stuff that it's like I'm into somebody that I looked up to, you know, as a, as a writer or an artist or anything like that, um, that you're like, Hey, you know, I admire this person's work and it maybe it influenced me in any, in any way, shape or form. Do you, is, are those, are there, is there people like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I've, I've been getting to set up at conventions since I was like 15. And so I've been, 
setting up at comic shows since I was 15, like local one day kind of events. And then I've moved on to Dragon Con and other stuff. But I, so I've been going to comic conventions since I was like 13 and meeting, meeting artists and being from Atlanta, there's quite a, a hub of, of talent that lives here. Um, yeah. My very first comic artist I ever met was um, at a comic shop and it was Brian Stelfreeze. I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he is a super famous, incredible, incredible painter. And he's worked on like tons of stuff, but mainly uh, most people probably know him from his Batman stuff. Mm. I knew that name sounded familiar. I'm a huge Batman fan. Yeah, he, he was amazing. Like meeting him, I was I was probably like twelve or thirteen, and he was doing a signing at a shop, and I just happened we just happened to go into that shop that day, not knowing that he was there, and he took the time to show me anatomy and how to do this and how you should work on that, and that that really helped a lot. But yeah, uh, meeting Kevin Eastman was really cool. I met Kevin. Yeah, oh my god! Um, I got to set up next to him at Dragon Con one year. Um, he was literally right next to me. He had just, is right when IDW had just started. So it was like 2012. Um, they had just started the Ninja Turtle series. And that was the cool, that was really, really cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I've, I've met quite a, there's quite a bit of people I've met that were like super awesome, like Kevin. And then there's a couple I've met where it was like, whoa, like, don't it, meet your, your heroes. Don't meet your heroes. Yep. And then there's a couple where the first time I met them, they were kind of standoffish. And then I went back for another try, like a year, another year, and they were super awesome. And, you know, so I try to make sure, like, to give everyone a little bit of a chance only because, like, you know, they might be having a bad day or a bad weekend or, you know, something heavy going in their life. I'm really thinking about talking to you, you know? Yeah. yeah. I try to be nice, as nice as possible to everyone, you know, um, you, you should, you should, but, you know, sometimes you can't help what life is happening with you, you know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now, so when when we first asked you, like, who you were and you were kind of running through these things that you, you worked on, you said you got to work on some some clerk's cards. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, did you get to meet any of like Kevin Smith or Jason Muse or anything? When uh, you were that, would doing be, that? that would be super, that'd be super cool. So what happens is like tops and upper deck. So the clerks was through upper deck. And uh, when you, when you work on these license cards like that, they, they just, they just ask you like, Hey, do you want to work on, we have a set coming out for this. We need this many cards from an artist at this price are you willing to do it kind of thing? Um, it would be super awesome if I, if I got to meet them, but um, no, it, nothing that cool. Unfortunately. Ah. Yeah. Uh, like, that's what it was with the, when last Ronin was coming out and when people were like starting to get on the bandwagon and seeing like how awesome this, this book was going to be. Um, a lot of people were like, do you know what's going to happen? Do you know, like, I remember being on a one, one interview with like, another guy and the interviewer kept asking us, like, do you, like, you know, the storyline, you know what's going to happen? And the, the thing here is like, we're just commissioned to do this. Right. Like, 
unless unless you're like Ben, who's working on the book, like you're not gonna know. So okay, yeah, the hush hush, you know. I I I didn't figure like you would have known like what was gonna happen or anything in, right. in the book, but I thought it would be really cool if you could have like met Kevin. Oh yeah, that would um, be awesome. Yeah, no, I I have had the the chance to meet Ming Chen from Comic Book Men, and he's a nice dude. He is, uh, and uh, hung out with him for a little bit, and he was telling me some stories about Kevin, and I was like, dude, I gotta meet this guy. Uh, he just seems like the most pretty cool stories too. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like the most like down to earth dude that is famous. You know what I mean? The, the first time I met him, it was in uh, I think it was like 2003. My buddy and I went to San Diego Comic Con, and that was back when uh, he was still with Heavy Metal Comics. Mm-hmm. He was still publishing Heavy Metal. And uh, he had just come out with his art book for Ninja Turtles, which was like this hardcover art book that collected literally, it was like a two inches thick, beautiful thing. I think IDW released, re-released it or reprinted it um, a couple of years ago. Um, it's like his art, autobiography or something. And it's just like the history of Kevin's work from being in high school up to that point. And it was, it was gorgeous and I got him to sign it and I got a picture with him and like in the picture, my eyes are just like, like <laughs> I am starstruck. I, holy shit, I just can't have it easy. Yeah. His, his work, like I love Peter's work too, but his, Eastman's grittier style has always stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can see that in, in some of your artwork. Uh, yeah. how like that Eastman style really has influenced you yeah I love I love gritty art I, I love Bisley I love I love Eastman Frank Miller Mike Magnola Leaper Mayo all, all those people like dark style gritty art kind of really is my my forte but yeah, uh, yeah I'm looking at uh I'm currently on your uh is Jason Flowers art.bigcartel.com uh, where it's just a, a lot of amazing prints. It has uh, obviously the series uh, Bounty Bullfrogs, which the cover of that looks awesome to me as well. But you got, you know, you got a Ghost Rider print, Venom, Alien versus Predator. You got a, a standalone Xenomorph, Stranger Things. Like uh, you can tell that there's a lot of gritty, imp- like the Punisher one that I'm looking at right now was amazing. Um, okay. Yeah, man. The Silver Surfer dude is crazy like but that, that that was one of my that, that was my dad one of my dad's favorite uh comic book characters was the silver surfer uh so you know i was like i gotta show him that <laughs> you know i think he i think i think he'd buy it um but yeah so you could definitely see in your style of work a little bit more of a grittier style yeah do you do you prefer that style compared to like if someone said hey can you draw this for me can you make it a little bit more not as gritty, but more like mainline. I guess I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, is it is it a is it more of a preference to draw in that type of style? Yeah, it's one of those things where like, like if you look at my like for instance, if you look at my last Ronin covers that I've done, that's more of me taking the time to like, like you said, almost mainstream it a little bit to where like the lines are a little crisper and everything's a little more like thought out right a little more fleshed and, out and stuff like yeah. that 
yeah like so with bounty bullfrog i'm i'm doing that with that comic but um when i got back into making comics around like 2015 um i set out to just kind of make comics i wasn't trying to like like really do something super impressive yet so i just had this like really inky gritty dark style like really messy almost like if you are you familiar with like jim mafood yeah like milson kevich jim mafood just kind of flinging ink and just getting it out there so i did that yeah. for a called ai Rules. and um then that got i was just kickstartering it to just do a book like that and so then when it came out I like it, but like I know, I know that this is like just a gritty, kind of messy, fun style, and it's not like I wasn't like the the thing about it was is um, I wasn't trying. Like I was trying, but I wasn't trying. If that makes sense. So yeah. Covers obviously that's me trying. If that makes any sense, like bounty yeah. frogs like that, where like I'm putting a lot of love into these pages, and with that, with the AI Wars graphic novel, it was just I was just getting it done kind of thing like i want to make a comic again put it out there kind of thing so so now i'm like a lot of a lot of people see that and i know that they're looking at that going okay so i guess this is how he draws and i'm going no i could draw a lot better than that i promise you i just (laughs) i was just trying to put a comic out right now i'm putting out bounty and that's me putting love into it like i would these covers so oh okay uh I want to get into Bounty Bullfrog, but before we do that, what, aside from, like, your own personal comic, uh, which is current currently Bounty Bullfrog, what has been some of or just one of your favorite, like, pieces that you've worked on? I mean, they all, I'm sure they all hold a special place in your heart. Yeah, yeah, I've. I've been, I, it's always nice and like, I'm very honored to be able to do like a cover period. Like, um, I did, um, I did a cover for this book called Black Friday from Scout Comics from the Black Caravan line. Um, that I was asked to do that one. And so that was an honor to get to do. So it was monsters. I love drawing monsters. And then I, uh, we did Epicos and I did an Aftershock comic uh, cover for maniac of new york um which is a, a cool series that's like jason Voorhees kind of thing so i got to play around with like mimicking the original friday the 13th nes cover oh, for nice. it so we we did like a homage to that so um i got to play with that but um my my favorite pieces will have i will have to say are like the last ronin number one i got to do and then this Lost Years cover. I really like this Lost Years cover I did that's coming out in January. So um, I, I try to, like with the Lost Years stuff, the hardest part, or last, the last one stuff, the hardest part I've noticed is since none of us know what's happening, like that's why you're seeing a lot of just like really cool posed pieces. Right on like throughout the whole series because we never knew what was happening um every once in a while you would get like a really something different where you know there's some panel pieces and some characters are all in it but um that's one of the reasons why for issue five i wanted to do like a homage to issue seven's cover from the original because 
just something to stick out different, you know? Right. Just like, here he is again on a rooftop, or, you know? <laughs> and uh, setting out with the lost, lost years, that's what I was going for, too. Like, the problem with that is everyone's only been given, well, at the time before the deadline, we were only all just given, here's, here's him standing in the snow, you know, on this journey. So I went back to parts of issue, I think it's issue two, where Michelangelo talks about it just faintly. Right. Um, There's like a scene where he's like in this Thunderdome kind of arena. And he's got the two batons uh, and he's like got a bunch of dead bodies below. So I was like, that would make an awesome cover homage, you know, like, and it'd, it'd be something different that you don't normally see from all the covers that have been coming. So. Yeah, when I seen that piece, um, when when your pre order went up for for the cover of of that piece, I like it blew my mind. I was like, oh my god! Like this is like I was looking forward to the book anyway because I love Ninja Turtles and I thought the last Ronin Run was really amazing. And then to come to find out, yeah, like, yeah, it you were the one who actually told us that they were going back and doing like these lost years of you know, the last Ronin and like, I was like, oh man, I got to get those. And then when your cover hit, I was like, oh, I really got to <laughs> now. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was something fun. Like I wanted to do, like, I'm, I'm excited to see what they, what they come up with. Plus this, this book, we're getting brand new turtles. So exactly. Uh, I think it's really gonna be something, you know, a lot different than what we're normally seeing. I don't know anything, but no. I, <laughs> I do know we're getting new turtles, obviously, from the, yeah. end of the first series. Yeah. Even, even if I thought you knew something, I would not press you for that information because I want to actually sit down with it in hand and be amazed and not be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. No, I want to, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the spoiler yeah, kind of guy. Yeah. Right. Kind of like when, like, the, the actors from The Walking Dead are like, hey, this person is dying this week, but they don't know from one week to the next who's going to be the next one to go or what right. the next one is, you know. Um, but but I think that's I think that's great from the standpoint that it, where it's like everybody's surprised now you don't want to take the chance of you know you you film a like you film a 12 episode series everybody knows what happens and then spoilers leak and things of that nature and i'm guessing it's the same for comic books as well especially in that tight-knit community you're drawing and it's like okay i'm drawing this but why am i drawing this do you ever get that thought of like you try to like not guess, but kind of like, okay, where's the stories going just by the artwork that they're asking me to draw? Like, yeah. when, where am I going with this? You know, and do, do you ask questions of like, okay, do you want this to look a certain way or, well, you know, this, this, with this series for the lost years, um, when they approved us to do first, they, we had to be approved to do it. So once we were approved to do it, then they were like, this with this series with lost years they were like okay idw was like you have these limitations like you can't do certain things and we're like okay so then we had to turn in like cover roughs 
we had a deadline for like a cover sketch ideas to approve. And uh, when we sent those in, what I had originally drawn on one of them was something that they came back to us and said, you can't draw that because of something else that we can't tell you. And it was like, <laughs> okay, well, you kind of tell me this. So I kind of know this, but I can't say that. Right. Like, I'm, sorry, I'm, being, I'm being extremely vague, but I don't want to get in trouble. No, no, no. So, no. Right. We right. not want you to. We understand. All. Yeah, we understand. But, uh, but yeah, it made me go, oh, so that means something, something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I had to redo a cover sketch because then we had to turn that in and then not only IDW approve it, but then they send it, they send everything off to Nickelodeon to be approved. Oh, wow. So Nickelodeon, Viacom owns the, you know, the license, everything has to be approved from them. So then it's like going back down the ladder. So um, it took, it took quite a while. And with, with our cover, we were, I was kind of nervous because when they approved the final, the sketch that they did approve, I went kind of off, off grid a little bit. And what I ended up drawing was on the original concept sketch, but it wasn't the full, the real, the, the image they approved at the time. So, but that, like I did like a collage for the cover mm -hmm. as a concept sketch. And the cover I ended up with of him in the Thunderdome area uh, was on that collage. So they approved it, but I wanted to do something a little more dramatic posing. Um, Cause I like dramatic covers. Like I love walking into a comic shop and seeing like the cover and it just stops you and you're like, holy cow, that's awesome. I right. hope the interiors right. look that good. So, um, <laughs> I, I love that. So I wanted to take that idea and run with it. So we did. And we kind of gambled on it because like we were, we sent it back off to them and we just never heard back for approval. So we were getting close to the deadline and I was like, Oh shit. So uh, we're just going to draw. So we, we ended up just drawing it and coloring it and just turning it in. Um, and thankfully I got approved, but <laughs> so it was kind of a gamble. It was kind of a gamble, but hey, uh, some, sometimes it pays off for you, man. Sometimes yeah. it, just, it just works, you know. And if you got somebody there who's like, "Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do," I, I wanted, I wanted more blood on it. You know, like, good. I don't have to wait another five weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So it's, who it don't want more blood? <laughs> well, we wanted more. I wanted more blood on it, but I had a feeling that if we had turned it in because we were so close to that deadline and it had blood on it they'd be like nope mm -hmm. so uh we went with more of the pg version of him standing there over the bodies so yeah and with nickelodeon being part of that you've been like uh because nickelodeon's i mean yeah, it's mainly I, I watched think, by kids so yeah i think if kevin if kevin still had the rights to do it uh we would have saw probably a little more of an extreme violent death scenes in the series yeah because of it being <laughs> licensed from nickelodeon i think i think they uh you know pulled back on a lot of it so right um, like a lot of implied stuff so which is fine yeah they still got to do what they wanted to on some degree so i guess that's good you know yeah. right all right 
now let's get to the nitty. We talked all the the cool mainstream stuff. Uh, you know, we got Last Ronin. Uh, I recently just picked up these two figures here. Uh, this is yeah. Uh, got mine in the middle. Did you get? Do you have the armored unarmored version? I, I don't have the unarmored. I I just wanted the armored one, but now like I keep the way I keep looking at the unarmored one. I'm like I'm probably gonna buy that. Uh, so I, I actually I found these in the wild. Uh, oh. I didn't order them. Uh, I was just walking through Walmart and seen them on the shelf. Yes, uh, of all one, places, Walmart had them. Yes, one mm. each. Uh, armored or armored and unarmored and i snatched them up quicker than i've snatched anything up because i was like i have to have these pieces but i want you to tell me about bounty bullfrog i I, i've seen your artwork and i've kind of flipped through a little bit i don't own any of it yet i i do plan on picking up some bounty bullfrog i i apologize uh, but I am excited, genuinely excited for where you're going to take this comic. And I want you to tell me all about Bounty Bullfrog. Sure. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so Bounty Bullfrog actually stemmed from my love and obsession with Ninja Turtles. And when I was like 15, um, like I said, like I had always been making comics and then, um, I was reading comics and I was reading a lot of indie stuff. Um, m- more like the image stuff, I should say at the time, but around like 10th grade, I was in class and this girl was next to me and she was like, what do you want? Like, I was like, what should I draw? Like I'm bored. And she's like, I don't know. Um, she was like naming all this funny stuff. And she jokingly said an inch turtle. And I was like, I loved Ninja Turtles growing up. And for some reason, you know, I kind of fell off as you get older, you know, mm-hmm. one tends to do and you kind of forget about them. So I drew Ninja Turtle and that led to drawing another Ninja Turtle. And I was like, oh my God, like, I I love this. And I went back and found that book that my parents had got me, um, the, the collected graphic novel, of the four colored issues. And I reread it and I was just like, it blew my mind because it registered to me that like, this wasn't the cartoon I grew up with, you know, like right. a lot of right. violence in this and cussing and all sorts of stuff. So um, that really enticed me to like find the other issues. So I've, I went out and I found all the books and I was reading them. And so from like 10th grade on, I was into in the Ninja Turtles and that like really threw me down this really awesome rabbit hole of black and white indie comics and uh, it just inspired me to make my own comics even more. So I started making, I, I was into love with Simon Bisley's stuff at the time and, and Ninja Turtles. And he had just come up, like, I think I had some of his Lobo stuff that I was really into. And I wanted this character. So I was like, I'm going to draw this character called Bounty Bullfrog. And he's like a bounty hunter and he's missing an arm because at the time, I don't know what it was, my, my obsession with characters with missing limbs or something you know just missing arm like i think dragon ball z was pretty influential at the time for me um so uh piccolo is one of the characters who loses he loses an arm in the episode and i was like that, that just blew my mind so uh i liked that and so i, I kind of like 
mushed all this stuff together into this crazy comic and I made I started making like two issues of it and then I stopped and like I said I was like 15 16 at the time and throughout the years leading later I, I kept wanting to eventually try to bring him back into making something and I have a slew of pieces where I've like jotted down notes and created different ideas for comic books and stuff and I, I just never materialized so um flash fast forward to covid and i'm like around before covid i'm starting to try to come back with this character and when covid hit it made a lot of people like want to support artists in a big way which was super super awesome and I started noticing a lot, of, a lot of people doing Kickstarters and them supporting Kickstarters. And uh, so it made me go like, I need to jump on this. This is an ample opportunity. I need to make a new comic, put it out there. What, what should I do? And that was like, well, you have Bounty sitting there. You've been talking about doing it. It's either like, you know, crap or get off the pot. So I uh, flushed out an idea that I felt was, was good because at the time, at that specific time, I had done a couple samples for some IDW editors for Ninja Turtles, trying to get some interiors, and it wasn't working. So it was a lot of like frustration on wanting to do Ninja Turtles, but I can't. So it just, you know, you have that moment of clarity where it's like, well, why aren't you just making your own? Like, you know, like they they loved Daredevil and they made these characters, you know, like they they took a lot of what was daredevil and and put it into their own idea so i'm like well why am i not taking everything i would love to see and do for ninja turtles and put it into my own idea and that's that's where i I made bounty and so he's a bounty hunting bullfrog that just is like you know takes on for higher things and in this storyline he ends up um fighting these mole ninjas called the plague and they're trying to uh, get this stone back to help resurrect their mole god, Mogaria. So it's, it's, it's borderline cheesy, but also, you know, super comic booky and um, anim- anamorphic characters, but with human characters in it. Um, so, so, yeah, like I put out the first issue. I got, I, I got in contact with Jim Lawson. Um, who worked on Ninja Turtles probably for the last 30-something years. And uh, I've always been a big fan of Jim Lawson's work. And I uh, somehow convinced him to do a variant for me, which is actually, you can see right here. Oh, awesome. Variant. Um, and then I ended up getting him to do a, a second cover for issue two. And um, yeah, so I put it out there and went on Kickstarter and at the time, you know, like I've done some variant covers for Ninja Turtles. So it just made sense to kind of like piggyback off that and be like, well, hey, if you like this, you might like what I'm doing here. And uh, the first issue was super successful and I put it out. And then uh, this past year, I put out um, the issue two Kickstarter and I'm finally almost finished with issue two. 
but I have like the next five issues roughed out for it. So it's only going to be five issues for this story arc. And then I've got some one shot ideas I want to do with the characters. But um, a lot of people are, are really digging it, which is great. And uh, I'm, I've been trying to shop it around to some indie, or indie publishers, but I think I'm probably going to go the independent route myself mm -hmm. and try to put it out through diamond myself and hopefully not next year but maybe the year after i want to kind of get a couple books under my belt before i start trying to launch it yeah i look forward to it uh the artwork is absolutely amazing but i mean i going back and looking at your artwork as a whole anyway i i like your style uh it reminds me of the um the style that i kind of grew up with like the early ninja turtles from eastman in the mirage era and everything so uh, i think that's what kind of drew me to your artwork um so and then i seen you know your your bounty bullfrog and I, like i said i don't i i have not been able to to get the first issue uh i will find it somewhere I, I know on your website it says sold out, but somewhere, yeah. somewhere, somebody has an issue that I can buy, and I will get it. Just because I well, I am I am about to do a uh, for January because like when I did the first print run of it um, for the Kickstarter, I'm literally myself. I'm yeah, I have maybe ten copies left, which which is great and bad. So that's why it's sold out on my website. Um, I do have copies I'm selling at the shows when I do go to a show, but I'm so um, I'm doing an exclusive couple of covers for uh, number one again, and I'm going to do a, a small Indiegogo. So um, like there's a lot of people who like like Kickstarter, but they don't like Indiegogo. And there's a lot of people who like Indiegogo and don't like Kickstarter. So I'm like, you know, why am I not taking advantage of uh, being on both platforms? And so I'm going to do a small uh, Indiegogo campaign and I'll have a couple of new covers for that. One is a homage cover to Last Ronin, number one. So I'm going to do a homage cover. And then um, once I print those, that will, that will close for me the initial first print run mm -hmm. of the first issue. So anything after that will be the second printing. But um, yeah, so that's coming in January. It was supposed to be this month, but I've, I've pushed it to January. So I have my, a little more time and kind of uh, work out the kinks a little a little better than. Uh, well, rushing, you know? please, please let us know when you uh, get ready to put that Indiegogo out. Uh, we will share it on all of our socials and talk about yeah. it on the the podcast to let people know to go there uh and everything i definitely want to try to support you in any way possible yeah yeah i tell people absolutely i i understand financial aspects of things right now for everyone but you know if you can't if you can't support it sharing and commenting is the way these algorithms work now you know like that helps so much in in itself that you know it can reach people who who um, can support it at the moment. But, you know, I will have once the campaign ends, like I said, that'll give me enough uh, of a print run 
to still have extra copies after the the campaign has ended to like still go to some conventions and, and be like hey here's number one first right. time so right yeah that's what we're definitely looking forward to yeah oh uh, well jason we don't want to keep you too long uh no you got some other stuff to do today and uh, i know we do as well um so this is this is your opportunity we've we've mushed over comics and art and everything where can people follow you where can people see your stuff other than what we are sharing out for you um so i'm on facebook instagram twitter tumblr twitch tiktok it's all under the same name jason flowers art um you can buy my comics for bounty bullfrog or you can pre-order right now i'm taking pre-orders for my last run in lost years number one on my website at jasonflowersart.bigcartel.com um yeah like i'm i'm on all the social media platforms i i'm traveling constantly in the southeast for for shows around you know south carolina north carolina tennessee florida georgia that kind of whole area um so you can find me on the con circuit that way too what's when what's is your next... next i was gonna ask yeah. that when's the next uh, con you got coming up nothing else for the rest of the year since you know we got two weeks left i just was at charlotte comic-con last weekend so shout out to those guys that was a lot of fun hopefully they'll have me back for next uh their next show in march i think but um my next show is a local convention called the atlanta comic convention oh we just uh applied ACC, to, yeah. yeah we just well, applied it's, to not ACC. it's like so that that's a different oh, that's different from okay yeah okay. they 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 came in and tried because this one's called the atlanta comic convention and they're called the Atlanta Comic Con or something. Uh, so they shorted it to ACC. Um, but so this is like a one day event that usually is like, it's been going on for like 27, 30, almost 30 years, I think. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, it's been around for a very long time, but it's like a little one day Atlanta show that I do. I'm usually there almost every one of them for like the last 20 years that I've been going. But, uh, I'll be at that, and then I've got another show in uh, Middle Georgia, I believe. I think it's called the Middle Georgia Comic Con. I've heard of that one. So just uh, just small shows right now. Um, I might be doing a couple big shows. I haven't decided yet. Like I've been trying to slowly move away from doing a lot of conventions. When I when I first started off doing full time work, I was constantly going to conventions like I was I was you know I was doing like 40 50 conventions in a year um some of them were one day shows some of them were two days three days you know that kind of thing but uh now since it's been a long time and I'm trying to focus more on comic work I'm moving towards trying to do just maybe like one or two a, a month as opposed to you know four 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 a month once a week kind of thing <laughs> Yeah, um, one of one of our goals for 2023 was to uh, attend 
uh, a Comic Con a month, you know, a con a month uh, to get some some coverage and uh, everything for for the podcast. Right. Um, so we'd actually reached out to ACC. Uh, I don't think it's the one that you're going to be at. I, I didn't. I've reached out to them, too. So I haven't heard anything back yet in terms of uh, having me as a guest. But yeah, uh, yeah. You never know, because I think so, that shows February, right? I think it's February. Yes, February. I think 22nd, 23rd and 24th, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. Con Nuga is right before that. OK, that's yeah. sad, and that's the 17th, 18th and 19th. No. Yeah. 17th, 18th, 19th. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know we're going to be at that one. We've already talked to the. Uh, the the uh the head honchos over there um give, give me his number again if you don't mind can you shoot me his email yes i will i've tried emailing him because i i got to do his show in Kananuga and i liked it a lot i got to do his show um a couple years ago and i ended up having to leave on the third day because my grandmother passed away oh but man i'm sorry to hear yeah, that sorry to hear so, that bro I ended up having to leave, but he still has me on the website as like a guest. And I've reached out several times to be like, I want to come to your show. If you know, I, I'm still on your website, but um, yeah. Yeah. I don't walk into someone's house and ask them what's for dinner unless they invite right, me. So, right. you know, so, but anyway, but yeah, man, thank you so much for doing this for us. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. Everybody go check out Jason Flowers stuff, uh, Bounty Bullfrog, the last Ronin, all the great stuff that he does, man. Jason, again, man, thank you so much for being here. We thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. If you want to hang out with us for just a few seconds, yeah. um, uh, again, thank you guys for watching tonight's episode. Chip, anything you want to say before we bounce out here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. I got a little girl screaming at me. Hang on just one second. Hey, baby. Uh, okay. Also... Also, if you want any of the uh, the really sweet Movement Radio merch that we have, uh, we have the Movement Radio logo. We have a My Hero Academia inspired print out. Um, next month, we will have a Dragon Ball Z inspired print hitting the shelves. Uh, so go to streamlabs.com forward slash movement radio forward slash merch to get all your Movement Radio merch. Also, uh, shout out to our sponsors, um, gearanime.com, Canva, uh, audible.com, Zoo Lily, Elementor, Just Cash Clothing. Why you got the light off? <laughs> um, Get Response, W.GG, and Entertainment Earth. Again, go check out the YouTube you know, channel. Check out all the, you know, make sure you subscribe and everything. Also, again, once again, check out uh, the, uh, what Chip just said, streamlabs.com forward slash movement radio forward slash merch. A whole lot of cool stuff going on. All of our friends who've been down with us since day one, the list is getting too long for me to talk about. So again, thank you guys. Sorry, I got kids here. Sorry. That being said, again, thank you guys. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And we'll catch you guys next time. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.